I already said my piece. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Basically, you know, it's like you have a portfolio of products. Let's make sure it's aligned, but also you want to make sure it's aligned with your top level, like the people on top of you. Like you, if that's your board, if that's your um, portfolio of portfolio managers, you know, like who do you need to align to? What are the other people kind of peripheral to you? Um, and how do you leverage that to make your specific portfolio more successful and make sure all of that is communicated through to your leadership within your portfolio? So it's like that that translation layer that needs to go through this one bottleneck somewhere, you know? Steve, she fits in so well. She aligns with me ideologically. And she says, I've already said my piece and then speaks for a minute, just like you. Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody. Grant Hunter here with another Product Growth Leaders conversation. Steve, you and I were having a conversation a couple weeks ago about a product you and I know very well that we were surprised at some decisions made in some ancillary products, uh, no consistency in terminology. Hmm. Uh, and you know, actually that conversation and that experience really got me to switch up uh, we, we, we pushed a topic back because I wanted to get this in because we, we talked about portfolio management like two or three years ago. I did forget to record that one <laughs> until about halfway through. Uh, and I thought we should have this conversation. We're seeing it more. And I think that there's some stuff, you know, as you and I are talking, I think, you know, I've in my head, I've got portfolio management becoming a more important topic that we haven't talked enough about. I'd love to get your take on, you know, both you know, how companies mess up with it, but, you know, getting into our question of the week, uh, again, topic well, of it is you know, portfolio. The nature of Agile is to focus way down low, you know, into a task or a story. Uh, and it seems to me that few people are really looking at the, the portfolio or, you know, the entire customer experience across the entire suite of products. And I think that's, uh, in, in the example we were talking about, there are so many places where, you know, it works this way in one of their products, and it works in that way in another one of their products. And why, why are these people not talking? And the answer is because they're not talking. I mean, as we know from our applied learning sessions, product managers never get together to talk about their products together. And I, I think in most cases, we are... At, we're absent someone who is looking at the overall portfolio. It's interesting. You know, if you think about how a portfolio fits in, it obviously is for a company that's scaling more. So it's, you have enough products that you need to start, you know, and may your, your, your topic on this, I thought was amazing think, thinking about the di dividing, right. And, and breaking it down. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I remember reading somewhere that if your portfolio can't leverage your corporate Co core competencies or competitive advantage, 
maybe the portfolio doesn't belong there. And if your product can't leverage your portfolios, right, there's some level of foundation platform that we should be getting from a portfolio and from our co corporate. And, the, and to me, I think that to your point with Agile, where everything's moved down to the granular level and people are looking there, there's no visibility across uh, and, and no ability to leverage. And maybe this also goes to a place that we're, you know, at least in my experience with our clients, people still struggle with the concept of core competency and competitive advantage. Sure. Uh, sure. And I think that there's some, uh, I think there's some similarities with portfolio management and competitive advantage and core competence because things we should lever. Uh, on Absolutely. That. With that said, we got a great panel. And on Monday, we put this question. I believe it may be the longest character length question I've ever put out there just because I had the <laughs> secondary question on it. How are portfolio management and product management? Yeah, and I could have also, I debated and maybe I should have asked May, could I have done how are portfolio and product management similar? Like drop that second management, but I wanted to be specific because the topic was portfolio management. Sorry, I digress. How are portfolio management and product management similar? How are they different? Uh, and one of the new newer members of the community who's been coming on really strong, I'm trying to get her on a call, Danielle Marvellis. Uh, this is only based off her experience, but portfolio management encompasses many of the same activities that are performed in the at the capability and feature level in product management. The key difference is you're now looking at sort of the group of product versus an individual product. And I, you know, I think that there, there are times where portfolios are done that way, similar problems, similar market segments. And I think to me, that's where it works well. There's times it's done, there's not like, there's no logic to how products can put into a portfolio. It's really just a, you know, a mutual fund or, or, or sense. Uh, well, I used such. to say, Grant, that, that a lot of uh, the, the key to a good portfolio is it has the same buyer. Yeah. Right. And yet frequently portfolios are built on, uh, are based on who built it. You know, our Israel lab did this and our uh, Sri Lanka lab did that. And so we organize them by, you know, the developers, which even by the way I'm saying that, it's like, clearly that makes no sense. <laughs> who cares yeah. who built it, right? Yeah. Because there's got to, this goes back to that competitive advantage. If we've got a brand, we've got a reputation, we've got some goodwill with a group of buyers, we should be able to bring them together. Uh Paul Hatala, God, I was hoping he would be on this call. He said, product management equals problem management. Portfolio equals more products equals more problems. And he called it the notorious BIG transitive property of portfolio of product. I really want to dig into that. But then he said, in my larval stage, I was an electrical engineer. And boy, I wanted to ask about his larval stage. <laughs> uh, May... Last week when I announced this topic, you had more joy than I expected anybody would have about this topic outside of perhaps <laughs> me. I guess that explains a lot about <laughs> why we are friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you hit a, a huge nail right on the head in your first sentence. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about enterprise scaling. And that's where this comes in, right? You don't need portfolio management if you only have one product. So take me through your dissertation. I intended, every time I write one of these, I intend for it to be short, but like then it turns into a huge long essay and then I have like ideas for a much longer article. Uh, Wait, anyway. isn't, that what, isn't that what Mark Twain 
everybody says he said, but I don't think he did say that I sat down to write you a short note, but I didn't have the time. Something like that. Um, so let's talk about enterprise scaling, right? So you have a product at some point in time, if you do well, your product grows and then it grows and then it grows, right? And there will come a point where you can no longer manage people and the messaging and how it all comes together. And at some point it needs to split. And that split is exceptionally difficult because it's not just people management, it's the decision tree gets split too. So at that point, you also start talking about the strategic impact of what the company says now, because it's no longer at the product level. Um, now, if, now scale that even more, say you have three or four splits or a hundred splits where you have portfolios of portfolios at that point. At the secondary portfolio level, you're looking at like basically just money, but at the, at the first level, portfolio like where you have a group of people the same buyer or like same enough buyer the way i like to think about it is do you have the same sales team because um it, the same sales team will sell to the same group and they therefore if they're doing it right have the same actual set of strategic sales targets um yeah. <laughs> so that being said like the way that's divided you have to think about like the reason why it's divided is so that your people can focus on what's important because if you have two similar enough portfolios but they're still very different they're very different buyers so for example um, i worked on a portfolio where we did financial risk and operational risk the buyer at the end of the day is still chief risk officers but very different actual impacted groups very like totally different like ways of thinking about the products itself like they didn't belong together um, yeah. So those are two separate portfolios. At the top, the people talk like the 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 higher level portfolio is still about like finance, but like you know you, you still have two different portfolios. So it's about being able to focus, and that divide is really important because then you don't have the conversation of like every two weeks. Well, we need a developer here, so can we get a developer over here? No, it's controlled within your portfolio, your people develop core competencies based on that financial risk portfolio, based on that operational risk portfolio. So you don't start mixing people around, you have that focus. And when you decide to like pull back from that one specific portfolio, it's just that one specific portfolio again, I gets hit. Um, and then like I wrote a bit about like what does the pro I, I kind of digress a bit, but what does the portfolio manager do versus what does the product uh, leader do? And I think the portfolio manager basically acts as the CEO of that portfolio because you have to handle the board who are the people above you to tell yeah. you what to do and you have to manage those sets of expectations and produce results and you have to manage your team below you. Sometimes that role is merged with the head of product and it works really well when you don't have to handhold the rest of the organization. Um, it works really well when you have a really good culture where like it works out, you have a good system to communicate. It doesn't work well when nobody reports into that person and you do not have decision power. So like it's all about what, how do decisions get made 
sorry, how do decisions get made and does that make sense within the context of your portfolio and your larger organization? A couple of things that really stood out to me. I, I, I've seen work really well when a GM of a portfolio or division was the product strategy leader, right? It, it makes sense. It is a extent, you know, it, this is where there's some similarity to, to Paul Hatala's product management is problem management and portfolio management is multiple products. So multiple problems, somebody who understands it. And with that in mind, it would seem to your, you know, taking a little from what you were talking about with your risk management example, we need to make sure that we're solving. It's not just the same buyer, but it's similar problems. Right. And, and there's sort of a, I, the way I view way strategy can work is, you know, corporate strategy that at the highest level should be providing guide rails or boundaries right? Boundary conditions for us. In, in a place that's big enough to have portfolios, then they guide the portfolio strategy, which then guides the product strategy, which then guides the go-to-market strategy. And it's sort of this cascade uh, providing boundary conditions. And I think it's, you know, it's still about what problems are we solving and we need to fit within, you know, our product needs to fit within that portfolio's sort of macro problem view. Uh, does that make sense? I think so. Um, I think one caveat is that if you have a portfolio manager, who is usually called a GM, um, yeah. and you have a VP of product at the same time, if your portfolio manager comes from product, they need to stop doing product. Or yeah. if they come from sales, they need to stop doing sales. Whatever they were doing before, they need to let it go and let someone else take over. Because they else... should have a cross-functional team helping them lead their portfolio, their division. Exactly, because it's a full-time job. And then yeah. Uh, in, in the success I've seen, uh, I'm thinking of our friend, Rick, uh, Steve, uh, you know, the success I've seen with some people who've m managed billion dollars, the most I ever got was a $300 million portfolio, which is still a pretty nice size portfolio. Uh, but, you know, I think that's where there's credence to this idea that maybe we need more product people with product management, strategic product management experience and CEO roles because I think there's some, some value to be said there. Uh, but that's my bias. Uh, thank you, May. Elliot uh, Golden, I, or Clay, you wanna chime in? Yeah, just just quick question. I, I, I like May's idea that it should be the same sales team, right? That tells you that it's, it's the, same, uh, the same problem. Um, but it seems like I'm, I'm wondering whether that's a lagging indicator, because if you add a product to the sales team, how long is it going to take them to shift from, oh, good, more, um, uh, more money, you know, more, uh, um, uh, uh, more commissions until they go, oh, wait a minute, I can't actually sell this to my customer. What I've seen the problem. It's a lagging is, indicator, I guess. Yeah, you know, and this is interesting because I, I, you know, I've seen multiple companies struggle with new products because they can't get the sales force to, to buy into selling the new products. And it's interesting, I hadn't thought about it in that lens. Is it because the problem is different enough that they don't do it? Or is it because, purely because the comp structure is such that they're not incenting them to sell something new, only manage the, the renewal? I, so, I or, or they're just making so much money on the thing that they've already got, even that there is uh, an incentive. They're like, well, learn nothing. <laughs> continue making X, learn a whole bunch yep. of new stuff, maybe make Y. I, I want to point out that a portfolio has to be, it's not an indicator at all. 
it is a decision that you make as an organization. You create that portfolio, you intentionally create those divides. Like it has to be exceptionally intentional because there's a lot of work to make a portfolio, right? So it's not an indicator. Um, it, it, sales not being able to sell is an indicator that your portfolio might not be structured well, but it's still like a lot of work to reorganize and restructure. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say the same thing. Like, uh, what is it? If killing a feature in a product is hard, killing a product is harder, and then restructuring a portfolio might be next to impossible given all the sunk costs all the time that's been involved in all the successes there. But at a certain point, making those kinds of changes can be incredibly tough. Yeah. And, and Elliot, I'm glad you're chiming in. I, I didn't know it was possible, but I think somebody wrote a longer answer than May this week. Uh, you said very interesting. Yeah, well, that would be Elliot. Elliot. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> why, why use five words when 500 will do? <laughs> so talk to me about your thoughts. I like I mean, you looked at similarities and you actually were so spot on the question because you listed, you know, three key similarities and three key differences. Uh, yeah. So talk to me about your mindset. Sure. Uh, well, I wanted to kind of make sure that I was going deep enough into each one and then the, the similarities were a little bit easier than the differences this is why i spent more words on the differences for for whatever reason in, in my experience i've worked on a lot of products and i've also worked on probably portfolios within portfolios so i have some experience in both over my my time but the similarities i listed out were essentially product management and portfolio management are very similar in terms of the skills that are needed uh the uh, there's a strategic and tactical plan that's needed for both. It's a second similarity and is that it is difficult no matter what. And there's a lot of filtering and dissemination that is needed. And obviously, with portfolios being more complex, there's more work, but it's a similar skill set to receive information and then pass it along as part of this the hub and spoke type of system that I believe our product managers fit into. And then when I think about uh, differences, uh, there's a versus you're a single product manager or a single product company, you're going deep on a single specific problem to get that product to fit. But when you get up to a portfolio level, you need to think about the entire suite. And I think uh, May and Clay both uh, push that out there. And then the pivoting on that, there's an idea of focus. Like you have a narrow focus versus a wider focus. I, I call out the idea of where does your product begin and where does it end in these different processes. But a good portfolio, at least in the enterprise side for me, can often handle entire processes on their own. So you have both the entire process and then also the beginning and end type of situation. And then the final one I talked about was that change management agility. Uh, the idea that um, it's easier to make changes and big, and big pivots when you have a single product or your single product company. But once you're in a portfolio, there's so many different dependencies and it requires so much more proactive and reactive communication that it just, it makes it harder to make those big changes faster. And that becomes a challenge as the organization grows, even as they get into that portfolio of portfolios, then it becomes infinitely more complex as well, which is why you get the individual companies kind of eating the lunch of the SAPs and the oracles of the world and the ERPs. I was having a conversation with a uh, VP of product at a very big FinTech uh, yesterday. And he said that, that that last thing you talked about was one of their biggest issues. It takes them so long to turn the ship to move uh, he said, 
over a third of their budget is spent on tech debt and over a third of their budget is spent on customizations, leaving not much money for actually creating anything new. So how do you, how do, you do that? Uh, and I think that's the inertia you talk about. Steve, I have to ask you a question. I mean, Elliot, I great job. I mean, I think you 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 nailed a lot of you know a lot of my thinking on the similarities and differences. As we look at this, at what level, and maybe in May, I'm gonna bring you into this too. I'm gonna go to Steve first. Can product ops survive above a portfolio level at a corporate level, or does it need to be at a divisional level? Uh, I mean, if we're standardizing playbooks, right? If we're trying to get consistent in how we do stuff. Is the portfolio or, or division level the, the right place for that? Depends how you define a portfolio. Because <laughs> like I've seen portfolios where it's like two products. I've seen portfolios that are like a whole suite of products that are sold to the same people, but it's extremely complex and you have like a thousand people, right? Like, what are you trying to do, right? Yeah. Like it's... You know, you don't necessarily need product ops, right? It's what are you trying to do with your organization? No, I get that, Steve. Well, you know, if product management is how you get products to scale, product ops is how you get product management to scale. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked with a team a few years ago. They had seven BUs. The product managers were in the different seven pillars, and they all did everything different, both within a pillar and across the pillar. And it drove everybody crazy because this guy's prioritizing using way to small shop first. And this woman is, is prioritizing using Bryce. And this person is using ProdPad for their roadmap. And this one's using Excel. And it was, there was just this utter lack of, of, of any sort of consistency within or without. Uh, so I would say that Product ops wants to be a corporate-wide function, not a portfolio-wide function. And maybe in my head, I'm thinking at least some of the experiences I've had where I've been in a portfolio, we were a fully integrated portfolio. So design, development, sales, customer support, we were like a P&L that could have been separated and sold. And actually, that the one I'm thinking of did get separated and sold to a private equity firm as its own standalone company. In some cases, I think that if you are fully vertically integrated, you want it within. If you were leveraging shared services across that's where you would want product ops at a but a but use level. this use this parallel as well product ops is to product management as devops is to development yeah shouldn't development be reasonably standard even if it's you know even if you just choose to take this bu and sell it as a whole thing i mean we still have to figure out <clears throat> how do we check in code every uh, every day, you know, how do we do the mechanics of the way we build products and the, the, the value of product ops is we learn some lessons over here that we can, that we can teach to six other groups and they don't have to learn that lesson. Well, so I'll throw this out there, posit this, maybe it comes down to what does a corporation see as a competitive advantage? If they see product management as a competitive advantage, it makes sense to have it at that corporate level. If they don't invest in it that way, if they don't see product management as the strategic role, it's down to the, the leader at that divisional level to or portfolio level to do it. So I, I, we've gotten off topic here. I, I just, in my head, I'm looking at all these different places I've worked or have had as clients, and it seems like it's done differently everywhere. Well, and 
and, and one challenge is when you say standardized, standard on eyes on which teams variation of some solution, even trying to get a team to do industry best practice, like, hey, developers, can you give us estimates? And could you give me a sentence per day of estimate for what your plan is? Just so I kind of get comfortable with what's going on. And it's crickets. If you can't even get them to do best practices, how are you going to get say, we know what you're doing is working okay, but Bob has this other slightly different variation that seems to be working great for Bob. Can you please do it that way? Yeah. I, we probably, it's time for us to do another product ops when we haven't had that conversation for a while as well. Uh, and we could definitely dig into that. Marco, you had one of the perhaps most, I won't call it vulnerable, but like just it, it, it resonated with me. Admittedly, portfolio management is where I have had the least practical experience because I think there's a lot of people who are in the community who are who listen to these calls, watch the the, the, the the conversations who haven't dealt with portfolio management, right? You have to be at a certain level in the organization to even be thinking about portfolio management. If you're a product manager in a portfolio, you don't understand, you may not understand it as well. Uh, or you have to, and you have to be a company big enough to have portfolios. But you said that you know it's where you have the least practical experience, but have been impacted the most in recent years. And I think this is something the better people can understand, even if they're not in that and understanding it from doing it. I think it's important. So talk to me about your your head. Um, so so few people know that I, I actually graduated from art college. Um, so I have an art degree. I did not know degree. that. <laughs> So you You've know, been on these calls for over a year, and I'm just learning this. <laughs> I, I've got a very interesting Vita, I would say. But anyways, I mean, um, so particularly looking at portfolios from an from an artistic point of view, a portfolio is a reflection of your work, right, and your skills and everything else. And every time you build a portfolio, every time you apply for a job, you kind of rebuild that portfolio from scratch. I mean, you have the works, right? but you're not gonna show all the works. You're only gonna show the works that you think is gonna land the job. That's going to basically sell yourself as the product. Um, you know, so depending on whether I apply to Disney, to Pixar, to, well, okay, P Pixar is Disney now, but it's all the mouse um, or any other job, it totally depended back then, you know, as I got out of college, what am I gonna show them in order to um, prove that I have the right solution for the problem. And this is not the same every time. However, mm -hmm. the portfolio consisted of this, I would say, set of tools and skills and statuses and abilities that I would, would combine in order to sell the solution. And I see it very much the same in the context of um, software portfolio management, right? It's, it's every product, every tool, is part of the greater whole. So what you're selling in this case is something that will solve your customers' problems. And this could be a combination of many components of this portfolio. Now, um, that being said, of course, what everybody wants is, uh, and I'm gonna bring up another analogy since I'm the master of, of, of weird analogies here, a, a German saying, and it's called the uh, egg-laying wool milk pig. It's basically the, the animal that solves everything. It lays eggs, it makes milk, it provides meat and so forth. And this is what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants this combination. It just solves everything, it does everything. Um, so as a, as a result, what you try to do is try to pick the parts 
that you have, that's your portfolio. You have your portfolio manager that says, hey, we can solve this for you by putting all of these things together in this holistic view, uh, this holistic solution, so to speak. Um, and at the same time, too, I, I find portfolio management incredibly uh, important because, again, it tries to present the company as the problem solver. You know, what tools do you have in order to, to answer the market? Um, and it also a, a good portfolio manager will, in that case, uh, provide insight into where's the gaps? And why didn't you get this customer? Because something was missing. You, you provided maybe 80% of the solutions that the customer wanted. And this is where the portfolio manager needs to be as much aligned with the corporate strategy as she or he is with the product managers who provide the components of this portfolio. So again, I think it's alignment in both directions. Yeah. Make sure that, again, as a company, you position yourself as an expert in field X and market X. At the same time, you also need to make sure that the product managers who provide these solutions can bring in, can close these gaps and bring in these tools and they need to work together. Because otherwise, and I've seen this, this is why I said I, I, I was affected by this the most, where I've been in this, this siloed product management uh, organization that just focused on this one thing. Again, the one trick pony. We did this one thing really, really well. And then a customer came and says, yeah, but we also want to do uh, ABC, why can't you do that? And it always ended up being, well, we don't know. We actually don't know what the rest of the portfolio holds. We have to go back to our solution architects, right? Yeah. Who may be the closest to actually knowing how we can put these pieces together. And this is absolutely disastrous, I think, from an organizational perspective. You need to understand how it all fits together and how we can combine it. Otherwise, it's not a portfolio. Otherwise, it's just a conglomerate of tools that may or may not work together. It's interesting. And your, your comment on how it has to fit above to the corporate and then down to the product, I think, goes in line with what I was talking about earlier, where it needs to this cascade, these boundary conditions. And in the portfolio, just becomes an intermediate step as we've gotten bigger to May's point as we have to divide. Uh, Steve, your comment in the chat got me thinking, right? Many portfolios are integrated through product naming. I wrote the piece on productizing services uh, and we said it needs to start at a uh, product marketing level. Can we tell the story to the market and positioning, right? Mm -hmm. What problems we're solving and, and with naming, maybe it goes into that. Can we bring them together? The next level we had there is, is there standard methodologies for delivering? Do we have standard ways within this portfolio of how we do things? And the final one was automation. I almost get that gets to a platform. I, mm -hmm. you know, at, we've been talking about this for half an hour now. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, in, in response to uh, we've got myriad products that we're building internally, plus the 17 acquisitions that we made and bringing, bringing consistency and uh, a common user experience together is difficult. And many companies don't like things that are difficult. Uh, so instead they use uh, what we used to call, you know, integration through shared shipping container. You know, we, we put all the dis disparate products in one box and then refer to the box. But yeah, I think you're, you know, first step is, can we tell the story? 
Do yeah. these parts fit together in a way that tells a plausible story? Uh, and then, you know, you have to get into, you know, the hard work of turning the, these individual products into products that work like one another. Our, our friend Scott Verkler uh, has said, you know, when he's done integrations and acquisitions, the first thing he touches is the UX. Because even if it doesn't work, even if it's not integrated in the back end, you want them to think it's integrated <laughs> when they use the product. And, and maybe that's, a, you know, start with positioning and messaging and naming and then go to UX because that's going to be where it starts. May? I want to bring up the idea of Conway's Law. So Conway's Law is an adage that states organization design systems that mirror their own um, states. Sorry. So the way organizations are structured um, re reflects our communication structures. So when you create these divides, that is who's going to communicate with each other. Like it's it's very difficult to communicate beyond your portfolio because like if you hear about going up the silo uh, across and then down, that's what happens when you create portfolios, right? So from a much larger organizational perspective, you have to keep in mind that that's what's going to happen when you create these divides. Um, but it also allows you with a lot more creativity and freedom within your portfolio. So I think um, a lot of the things that we're talking about, yes, it is to help us structure and think about and focus, but like, there, there's only a certain amount of scope we can focus on. So like, this is why it's important, but it, it's also going to have some negative side effects like whenever we talk about it. So like there is like a desire to be cross, you know, cross company that we know what everyone is doing. But when you talk about the scale of like, you know, an IBM or like a, even a 10,000 person plus company, like, are, are human like we are at the limits of human cognition like we cannot learn that much so it is really important for us to create these divides but also like just be cognizant that you know it, it does limit communication outside and i think where the portfolio manager comes in is at that like larger corporate or portfolio of portfolio um, strategy to say like, hey, within this group of portfolios or within our company, this is how these portfolios work together. Because you don't have a portfolio manager if you only have one portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is Conway's the one that talks about the most uh, any human can manage in contacts is 150 people or something like that? No, that is, hang on, I wrote about it recently. I'll find it. No, but it, but it makes me start thinking, are you optimizing for, well, if you're asking somebody to work across 200, 300, 500 people and having to engage and communicate, it becomes more difficult. Uh, again, we're going down a rabbit hole. Before we head to the poll, Clay, you've weighed in throughout the conversation, but I haven't had, you didn't sort of get to specifically, you know, address the question. I don't know if you had any, anything to add. No, I, I don't have a lot. Of, I don't have any experience with this either. I'm right with Marco, uh, and I haven't even been directly affected by it. So it's all theoretical for me. All right, cool. Well, in theory, we asked a question in the poll. Before you leave the uh, oh. point, however, uh, I did work with a team years ago, and the the I was I was teaching product management, of course, and the CTO came in and said. 
you know what I really need? I need like a portfolio roadmap. And I'm like, well, why? You know, I mean, it's hard enough to get these guys to do a product roadmap. You know, what do you, why do you need a, a portfolio roadmap? And he said, because last year, three teams built the same function for three different products. And I certainly would have rather built it once and use it three times. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and who's, you know, and it's the, it's that portfolio umbrella over all the products that's saying, wait a minute. Yeah. This product needs tables. That product needs tables. That product needs tables. Let's do that once and use it three times. Oh, <laughs> completely. Times. And we, we're going to hit that in the poll that actually, if we have time for any of the questions, we can hit that there. So uh, Thursday, we put this question, where does portfolio provide the most value? Uh, aligning strategies and initiatives with a corporate strategy, focusing product strategy, identifying redundant efforts or functionality and allocating limited results. Uh, it was interesting because there was a conversation between Paul Hatala and David Meese and the comments on where could it or where does it? And I didn't, I said does, so it's sort of the, uh, I said does, and I voted a could. Uh, Steve, would you, is this where you might have gone for the uh, allocating limited resources? I mean, that was sort of the, or focusing product strategy. Oh, actually, sorry, redundant efforts. That's where David went. Is yeah, that I probably would have gone to redundant efforts. Uh, but I before we actually go to your poll, um, I, I want to rant briefly about the fourth thing. You do not want to move resources between portfolios. You don't yes. even want to move resources across product. And everybody thinks they can do it and everyone fails at it. So that said, thank you for the thumbs up, May. And back to you, Grant. Uh, actually, I'm going to comment on that. I did have one client I worked with who had at a tech lead, design lead uh, allocated at the product level. And then the rest of them, just coders and stuff, were portfolio-based. And as a team, the product management team, each quarter would say, I've got these people allocated, but we think this is more strategic. I'm going to give some of my fungible resources, my tradable resources, to this other initiative. So I think there's ways you can do it. Uh, maybe it's a whole other conversation. but It may be. But it certainly isn't this week I want seven people working on product X and and I'm going to pull some people from over there. No, um, I could see it done on a annual basis. But, you know, you also said the word coder, which I despise. Uh, programming is art. It's yeah. not coding. And it's a it's a slur. OK, I, I understand that. Uh, so okay. I will be honest and I'm going to agree with Steve just to get on good terms with him again and say that if I'm thinking in the current terminology, identifying redundant efforts or functionality is, and I've seen it work at many of my clients where they can do it that well. Aspirationally, I voted aligning strategies and initiatives with the corporate strategy. I think that's where it should have the most value. But, you know, Paul's question on could or should or does made me think about it after the fact. Uh, May, you were, May, and is, is that Marco? Did you vote for aligning as well or did you not vote? You did? Indeed, yeah. uh, so I'm going to go to May first, then Marco, uh, and their votes for aligning strategy. I think I already said my piece. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. 
basically, you know, it's like you have a portfolio of products. Let's make sure it's aligned, but also you want to make sure it's aligned with your top level, like the people on top of you. Like if that's your board, if that's your um, portfolio, portfolio managers, you know, like who do you need to align to? What are the other people kind of peripheral to you? Um, and how do you leverage that to make your specific portfolio more successful and make sure all of that is communicated through to your leadership within your portfolio? So it's like that that translation there that needs to go through this one bottleneck somewhere, you know? Steve, she fits in so well. She aligns with me ideologically. And she says, I've already said my piece and then speaks for a minute, just like you. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Let me add to that for three minutes. Marco, thoughts? <laughs> Actually, same here. Uh, there was a point <laughs> I was trying to make. The alignment in both directions, right? Yeah. You know, the, the holistic view, unless you have this conglomerate of puzzle pieces that may or may not fit. Yeah. Uh, Clay, you came in on the focusing product strategy and, and just for those who aren't following the notes, Dutch by mistake clicked on allocating limited resources when he meant focusing product strategy. So that would have been in second place with uh, 28%. So Clay, any thoughts on, you wanna share your take on that? Um, I have to admit that, and I can't see the name there, Mr. Meese persuaded me in the chat that I actually liked his answer better. And I realized the difference is that, that, that um, and I can't read them, they're too small for me, but, but um, the reducing redundancy is an outcome and strategy is sort of a goal. And so I really yeah. appreciated that, that there were, because in the end, why do we care about strategy, right? <laughs> because in my opinion, it reduces redundancy. Um, yeah. And so I went for the outcome over the goal. But it, it, you, you would, you might, like I sort of switched from the aligning the corp with the corporate strategy to the identifying redundancies uh, of efforts and functionality, you would actually switch from product strategy to that one if you had to revoke. Exactly, exactly. And because it's a, it's an outcome, it's a measurable outcome. Um, yeah. And it gets us something. We know it's what's gotten us. No, I, and, and, and you know, David, David to me won this one with his comment. It really, it really it, uh, made me, I, ideally I'd love to say it's the top one uh, where I voted, but I think realistically right now at least, and I said does, uh, not can, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to cut my words that way. Elliot, uh, you, if you voted, it was after I pulled the the the, the graphic. Yeah. Did you vote? I, I did. I voted for the aligning strategies. And the reason that I did that is I felt like if you align strategies to the corporate initiatives and you were being very intentional about it, the other items would flow through where you'd be able to look at the resource allocation, you'd be able to identify those redundancies, and you'd be able to focus your strategy accordingly. So my thinking is if you start at that top level and have it aligned, you're less likely to experience those disruptions and you'll also be able to have the other outcomes and outputs. No, I, and I, I think ideally that's what I went for, but more often than not, uh, you know, I think Paul Hatala's note in the, in, the, in the comments, I pretend that there is a corporate strategy then align with it. Does that count? Uh, and I think that's to me one I of the biggest issues. That often there is not a corporate strategy or even a portfolio strategy. So uh, in the realistic of it, I went uh, with the way I did. Uh, Steve, any last thoughts on this poll? No, nothing to add. All right. I'm going to try to hit a couple questions, so I'm not going to get to everybody on all of them, if I can even get my thing moving. 
<clears throat> Steve, this is going to your last answer uh, before the poll, your rant. Is platform product management required for portfolio management? I'm inclined to say yes to that. I think that the, uh, I struggle a little bit because for most of the companies I visit, what they call is a, a, a platform is a product that they can't figure out who wants it. So they say, we're, you know, we're, well, we're building a platform, um, meaning we have no idea who the customer is. But in truth, the platform supports all the products in portfolio management. Yeah. And the customer of the platform is the products and the people who work on those products. Yeah. And this goes to that, you know, the, the redundancies, like let's build it once, not three times. Mm -hmm. uh, and where I've seen portfolio management work, it's nice at that marketing level, but if you can get it at that platform level, it seems like that's where you can extract a lot more mm -hmm. uh, profitability. Uh, or so. Uh, mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on the platform? You know, is platform management required for portfolio management? Well, let me flip that a little bit, I think. Uh, I mean, ultimately, the portfolio manager needs to be the one that's the tiebreaker. Um, it, it, that person needs to have the ability to say, no, we're not going to create this thing in product A, we're going to create it in the platform and you guys are going to use the API. And the developers say, well, I don't really like that. And you say, wow, tough shit. The portfolio says we have to do it this way. Yeah. So that person making platform and portfolio decisions also has to have the ability to enforce those decisions. And to May's comment in the chat about that person then has to have a, a resource to you know, resource ownership or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Where I've seen it work is everything rolls up to the platform. They identify those similarities and redundancies and they build those into the platform. Yet every single product team still had resources and budget to do the things that didn't make it into the platform, right? If we focus every product to be just what makes it into the platform, you're creating a stale, boring product and not customized enough for the product. So you, you need to have the resources mm -hmm. to make to cover that gap from that 80% to get the Agreed. 400%. Uh, all right. I'm going to hit one more question. Uh, is portfolio management a natural extension of strategic product management? This is sort of to the Paul Hatala product management is problem management. Portfolio is more products, which means more problems. Is it a natural extension? Uh, our product is the product management mindset, the right mindset to have at that portfolio leadership level. I've already said my piece and said I think it is. Anybody? No. I'm having a hard time saying no. I, I, I it's one of those things like, oh, can I push back? It just seems like the obvious answer, but maybe it's just a term of art for what is actually happening. Uh, based on the fact that when portfolios happen, I think it's made so put, put it so well about when it actually happens to an intentional choice. The idea of once you create a portfolio, you then need to manage that portfolio as such, or else chaos reigns. Yeah. I don't think so. I think we just end up doing it. I, I think like where it's missing, product leadership tends to step in because like we need that role in order to make decisions. And if that and I'm not, I wasn't. Done, 
Yeah, I wasn't speaking of the product manager role, but the concepts of strategic product management, market problems, segmentation. But, right? but again, like going back to last week's conversation, it's what we've been trained to do, right? Like yeah. as product managers, you do the miscellaneous. Whatever's not being done, you end up doing it. And when you get to product leadership, whatever's not being done in order to help you do the job that you need to do, you end up doing it. So this is why like a lot of portfolio managers tend to be former product leaders um, or like it's just a transition or it's an expansion of your role, whatever it might be. But I don't think it's a natural extension. I think it's just a thing that we end up doing, right? I mean, yeah, in a way, because we're like a lot more holistic, we actually think about the rest of the company, but I, I wouldn't say it's specifically a natural extension. It's just like what we end up doing. It's a common outcome, even if it's not a natural extension. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that latter definition. If, if, that if not us, if, then who? Yeah, and if you have a strategic product manager as opposed to a secretary to development, then you're able to say, well, I've been interviewing customers and our existing customers are saying, you know, we've got this problem over here that you haven't addressed yet and we want to buy it from you. And you're like, oh, you know, the product manager would not have heard, the, the secretarial product manager would not have heard that. You know, somebody has to be, you know, actually actively listening to the market and not just to the salespeople. And may, maybe this is a future uh, topic of the week and we're going to move to our, our closeout. Uh, what are the skills in a strategic product management? There needs strategic product management. And I think that when we talk about financial and business skills and being able to understand a PL, it, it, to your point, it, it lends to having the skills. And Clay, I don't know where my mind is going. You said, if not who, then us. And that now there's if some not song, us, then who? If not us, then who? There's some musical that has a lyric that, if not now, then when? Don't know what it is just hit my head when you said that and and may will probably find it and look it up and, and and let me know uh but you know let's let's get to our takeaways uh and i'm gonna start with marco because he was quiet on that last round marco what's your biggest takeaway on this um well that portfolio management is just as necessary as product management and vice versa I mean, they affect each other right um, I mean, particularly if you're not just offering one product. And so again, it's it's all about alignment, alignment upwards to the company objectives, downwards to the product objectives. But at the end of the day, it's all about just offering the customer the solution that fits their needs the best. Okay, I like that. Clay. Um, I, I, I think that something we haven't discussed a lot and that I experienced a little bit of is how difficult it is, well, I mentioned it a little bit, to get the organization to actually change beforehand yeah. or afterhand. Um, and they're both difficult. You know, afterhand is inertia, but even beforehand, there's, there's, I'm trying to do my job and you're telling me to wait and see how this other guy does it so I can see if I should be doing it the way he's doing it. And it sounds really easy and it, like we've got the obvious solutions, but people don't like being told how to do their job, even if it's an improvement. I had a friend who was a Burger King manager and some one of his customers came up with a better way to make the hamburger. And he's like, what are you doing? That's non-standard. They'll expect that everywhere, right? Yeah. Customers. Yeah, I got it. Elliot. 
the thing that stands out that I'm noodling on right now is when they said that uh, portfolio management is not a natural extension. It's just something that happens. And it's something that is like rattling around in here. And it's something that I need to think more about in terms of, yes, it's just something that happens, but what what should be the natural extension, right? So that, that's, that's an idea of like, is there a better practice that could be thought of that could be delivered to many different organizations that are experiencing this challenge? So that's uh, that's something that I'll be, uh, that I'll be thinking about. I like that. May. Aside from the egg laying wool milk pig. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. Fantastic, by the way. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the lack of consistency between what a portfolio is, right? So I, I've drafted a piece where I've defined what I call a product portfolio just to help us focus a bit more in terms of what we're talking about. But this conversation's made me think about the different varying sizes of a portfolio and how that would impact what you actually do with it. Um, so it's it's turning around in my head. Awesome. My friend, Steve. If you're selling it, you need a product manager of it. So if you are selling your portfolio, then you need a portfolio manager of it. Wow. Throwing some wisdom there. Uh, I'm going to build on that, that I think I've said, and maybe this is, you know, specifically for companies with multiple products when portfolio management comes in, uh, I've said, I think that pr product design or UX is probably one of the things that's less invested in than product management. I think portfolio management would fit right there. I think that it's, it's a view that's missing out there where people aren't doing it. And the reality is once you scale past three, four products, it should be treated as a portfolio, even if you don't have a portfolio manager because it's just your company. But once you have multiple portfolios, you need to be doing that. So it's a, maybe it's a skill base, maybe it's a mindset, maybe it's to May's point in her thesis in the Monday question, it's about how do we better manage and divide to make sure we can do more, right? And I think that this is a, a thing that not enough people think about or do. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to be spending some time like Elliot noodling, uh, on this. Cause I think there's some more to be said, uh, when it comes to this. And before um, you read that, uh, you know, I, I think that strategic product management is certainly underrepresented in the, the companies that we encounter, but I am reminded that business leadership is about working on the business, not in the business. Yeah. And product managers are working in the business. And yeah. some of them need to be working on the business at the product level, at the portfolio level. I, I love that. That resonates a ton. Uh, what a great conversation on this. Some great things making me noodle and think and uh, ruminate. Uh, there's going to be some more stuff coming out uh, with this probably for me in the, in the coming future because of this. So thank you guys for an amazing conversation as it is every week. Uh, <clears throat> next week. Maybe it's related to this. Advice to the CEO on product management. So we're going to be putting a question in, which is about how can we give advice to the CEO on product management? We know product management better than anybody, or we should. What advice are we going to give to the CEO? So gosh, what a great conversation today. Every week it is. I learn, I grow. I wait until after we 
stop recording and May goes, wow, that was a great one because that always makes my week happy. Uh, but we do this every week, right? Monday, we put a question in the community. Wednesday, we put the poll in. And Friday, we have these amazing conversations that make us think, make us grow, change our perspective, give us new insight. Uh, Marco, Clay, Elliot, May, my friend Steve, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week in the community. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.